It's the Exit 52 podcast, week five instant analysis. And it's another win for the Baltimore Ravens, 27 to three over the Cincinnati Bengals. And this was a story of the Ravens defense being dominant from bell to bell at M&T Bank Stadium today. They gave up just three points. They gave up just 205 total yards. They had seven sacks. They forced three turnovers, an incredible game for the defense that really lifted a ho-hum offensive performance from Lamar Jackson and the guys on that side of the ball. Banks, I'll start with you. Your overall takeaways from a pretty pedestrian win uh, for the Ravens today, but a step in the right direction for that defensive unit. A little bit of an old school Ravens win. Uh, Defense dominated, like you said, from bell to bell. Cowardly move by the Bengals to just take the three points there at the end. Yeah, that was tough. (laughs) They had predetermined that they were just going to take the field goal. When they hand off to Joe Mixon on third and seven, they're just giving up and saying, I mean, they might as well just kick the field goal on that down. Uh, they just wanted to get rid of the shutout, whatever. We'll remember that. Uh, but ultimately, the defense was awesome. They were they were tremendous, like you said, from bell to bell. Uh, forced turnovers, swarmed. Uh, this is the defense we wanted to see going into the year. Wink Martindale dialing up all kinds of corner blitzes and uh, exotic blitz schemes and the offensive line of the Bengals had no answer for it at all. I mean, Joe Burrow spent most of the day on his back. So that's really encouraging. But like you said, ho-hum from the offense is kind of a nice way to put it. There's some serious slop out there and the play calling, we'll get into that a little bit. I don't know what's up with the play calling with the, the run pass balance. I don't know why they're throwing as much as they were with the three score lead in the second half, but Eric, your thoughts. So I'm just going to put together this spin zone right here because I'm trying to get creative because, like you said, this is just very ho-hum. Um, I think John Harbaugh and Greg Roman are calling bad – or Harbaugh is having Roman call bad plays on purpose to keep his stock down as an offensive coordinator. He'll be back. <laughs> sure. And they'll just nip that – you know, that, that's, that's their plan right there. Um, so feel free to ride with that one. Like you said, just a very meh. Like, the offense looks – it was really weird. Um Lamar just with all the pass attempts it's like what what's going on with that like I, what were they the, the Bengals were 27th I think against the rush yeah and they still they ran for 161 yards but I mean come out and punch them in the face I think we have all been waiting for that for for last year's Ravens offense to, to kind of hit us and it just hasn't um, but again this we're still talking about a 24 point win like you said um, it was it was an absolutely dominating performance by the defense uh, if you lined up in the secondary today, you got a sack. I think five of them came – five of the yeah. seven came from the secondary. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow – I mean, that one interception where he threw it up to to A.J. Green, and A.J. Green thought it was two-hand touch or thought it was, like, uh, uh, incomplete or something, and he kind of just stood there. Like, that was that was a weird play. Um, Burrow – I mean, he looked rattled. He got his he got his cage rocked a lot, and, uh, namely the, the Patrick uh, Queen – hit to the back that was pretty it was a pretty weird one you never really get a full running start at the quarterback's back um so that was that was an interesting one but yeah other than that it was kind of a bad day we finally saw hollywood get in the end zone um i thought he he looked good he'd get getting some stuff going but other than that defense dominated the Bengals looked like the Bengals. like you said that could have been a win from 2008 and you would have been like yeah seems about right Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. It's the Ravens defense against a rookie quarterback. And historically, over the 25 seasons of Ravens football, that has gone very well. And Joe Burrow looks supremely uncomfortable throughout the entirety of the four quarters here. They were really never able to figure out something to get him comfortable. They could never establish the run 
with Joe Mixon. Um, and that Ravens secondary is just wrecking havoc in all different ways. As you said, five sacks um, from guys in the secondary, and they were just locking down uh, the pass catchers for the Bengals. And, and Joe Burrow just never got comfortable. And we, we called out Patrick Queen a couple weeks ago against the Chiefs. He once again looked great today up against his former LSU teammate. He was flying around the afterburners he put on, on the touchdown on the scoop and score. I mean, that's, that's real, real speed for middle, middle linebacker. That was fun to watch. I, I, I think I went like, woo, when he got into the end zone, yeah. uh, that was pretty fun to watch. It was a super clean pickup by him too. Yep. It reminded it me of very, the, uh, the app state versus Michigan where he kind of oh, the, the back and picked it up. Yeah. Cause normally when you see the linebackers try and do that, they fumble it or they, they just can't get a grasp on it. And he, he looked like he just had glue on his hands. So that, yeah, that was pretty neat. Yeah. yeah he, he, he was fantastic. Yeah. He had the, like that, that the other fumble that he forced his motor was just on another level. He was coming around the edge with another teammate. I don't remember which one it was, but he had so much more speed and closing in on Burrow. And you could tell that Burrow thought he had all kinds of time and space behind him and never expected queen to come up on him that quick. And he should know that uh, playing with him at LSU, but uh, really good play. Obviously, uh, you know, when he's the one who forces the fumble, he knows it's on the ground and he was able to pick it up quick, but two fumble recoveries led the team in tackles again today. Uh, seems like a sure tackler in open field. There are a couple dump downs where he, uh, on third down that he just needed to make the play and force the guy to the boundary and, um, force the fourth down. And he did exactly that. So like you said, with the, with the tough chief chiefs game the other day, Every other game, I think he's looked awesome. So exciting future for Patrick Queen for sure. And they were all over the backfield just in general today. They hit hit Burrow 15 times according to the stats. I don't know how they accumulate QB hits. It felt like it was more than that, but 15's a, a lot. Seven sacks, nine tackles for loss. Um, and they just really controlled every facet of the game defensively. I mean, Marlon Humphrey, we don't need to go into it too much. He's the best cornerback in football, Deep I think, point. at this point. I mean, he, he is just tremendous um, at every single level and an incredible talent, as we've talked about. Offensively, for me, it, it doesn't make sense. The, the run pass balance doesn't make sense looking at the Ravens' numbers, averaging 6.7 yards a carry, and the situation they were in throughout the entirety of the game, being ahead by two scores really for the majority – especially if you, if Lamar is coming off any type of tweak last week, you don't have to run Lamar. He only had two carries, but I mean, given that's why you have these three or four running backs and all these different guys, they got Duvernay involved in that first drive and got him the ball in the running game as well. Hand it off. And, and even if there are some drives in the third and fourth quarter, if you go through and out and just run three plays, you, you have Sam cook punt. You've, they've shown no ability to, to drive the ball down the field. I just didn't really understand what they were doing. And maybe they were trying to find something. Clearly they're trying to continue to find something um, on the offensive line. They had Ben Powers and Patrick McCarty. Zuribek talked about that on his Twitter. They were rotating um, throughout the game. And both if they, the Ravens said they both felt like they should play. That means they don't know which one is better and they're trying to figure it out. Um, and that means the offensive line is not totally set. So that unit continues, needs to continue to improve. But yeah, I didn't understand what they were doing offensively, especially in the last two quarters when it was honestly just a wait to see when the game was going to end. Um, right. It could have ended quicker had they run the ball a little bit more. Um, so that was a little concerning. And I think Greg Roman and, and John Harbaugh need to look at that and, and realize that maybe when Lamar doesn't have it like that, maybe just try to force the running game and see what happens. Yeah, it just felt like it should have been – kind of the get right game for the running game that has seen some struggles at times. 
Uh, and that's all relative. You know, the Ravens have run the ball well pretty much all season, but not to the degree at which they ran it last year. But I said it on the halftime periscope I, I, I did on the Exit 52 account. With the, with the way Lamar looked in the pocket and threw that, that pick before halftime, he didn't look like himself. And, you know, I've, I've, I've heard that he may have had a, a close friend die yesterday, which is very unfortunate. Um, you know, my, our thoughts go out to him and, and his friends and family for whatever that situation is. And he also didn't look comfortable on whatever knee injury that he may have sustained last week. It just wasn't going to be his day. And it looked clear going into the half that, that it just wasn't going to be his day. I don't understand why with the context of the football game, like you said, 17, nothing lead, why they didn't just confer in the, in, in the locker room and say, let's just go punch them in the mouth for the next two quarters and get out of here with our win and, you know, call it a day. And they just seemed insistent on having him throw the football, uh, which puts him at risk in the pocket. I think he's more at danger to, to get hurt in the pocket sometimes than he is running outside the pocket. But the, the, he wasn't right. He just, something about him wasn't right. And it, it's also clear with them not really running any run plays for him that he wasn't. So I don't know why they continued to, to put him at risk and not just hand the ball off and let some of these backs eat like they've been itching to since we won. We, we, I feel like they kind of, they had like the one drive where they gave it to Ingram and he was pounding away and he broke off the 20 yarder. And that's when I was like, Oh, here we go. This they're going to, they're just going to let Mark Ingram eat. And then they kind of got away from that again. And yeah, like I said, I don't know what's going on with JK Dobbins, but he only, he had one carry. I know they got him involved in the passing game and he had a couple catches. He had one carry for 34 yards. Um, Gus Edwards had the seven for 25. Yeah. And then, like you said, Lamar had two rushes for three yards. So I, again, I, I mean, I'm with you. It's, I think it's pretty clear that Lamar is not right, but they're going to say, they're not going to say that in the press conference. They're going to, chalk it up to yeah you know he's fine he's healthy he's feeling good and I, I even saw Lamar already said something about how you know it's gonna be good having a full week of practice with the guys this week and all that um just again just a very weird game plan and like like you said Brian I think this was the week that we thought um that they're gonna get the running game right and 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 they're gonna they're gonna get that 200 250 yards on the ground and they just they never did and this seemed like the perfect opportunity to I mean like I said what I text you guys it halftime saying like can we just record now and yeah let's yeah. get it over with. like you we could have and and the, the game wouldn't have really changed so yeah I, I thought that this was the perfect game to again get Dobbins 10-15 carries and, and see what you got there yeah Lamar throws the ball 37 times and it didn't feel like many of those attempts looked good although in the first half he made enough throws to really put the Ravens in the position to win the game he did enough and at that point it felt like as you guys said, it's sort of time to shut his day down um, and allow, you know, the rest of the team to kind of finish it off. But you can tell, and one of the things I love that the Ravens do, I have to give them and their social media team a shout out, is they just throw every single relevant quote on their own team Twitter. And you can just scroll down after the game and you pretty much get all the audio you need from the team. And you listen to Lamar and Mark Andrews in their post game. And they realize that the defense kind of saved them today and that, that they need to get better. Um, so there was no sort of excuse making from either of those guys from what I watched or from what the Ravens put out. Um, and I'm sure you can find out all the, find all the other stuff in different places, but there's still that realization. And we saw that the post game last week as well, that they feel like they're not back to where they were last year. And maybe they need to stop trying to get back to where they were last year. Cause every team is different. 
And to try to repeat exactly what you did in that formula is going to be very tough with how good that team was. Maybe that, that sort of anxiety is, is just, they just need to get away from because it's an, it's a different team. There's different personnel. They're going to do different things. They're in another year of their career. The preparation they had in the off season was so different. Like all of these teams are still trying to get into rhythm over the first four or five weeks with no preseason and a truncated training camp and all those different things. Like maybe it's time to try to stop thinking about what you did last year and just realize what you're doing this year is still working. I mean, maybe right. this year you're not going to beat teams 40 to 17 and you're going to beat them 27 to three because that your defense is better. And maybe sure. that ends up winning in the playoffs more. And that takes some anxiety off Lamar to have to throw the ball. We'll see. But that, that those guys clearly are not happy where they are offensively, but throw that stuff out, throw that last year stuff out. It's done. It's a new team. Yeah, the spin zone, the glass half full is that we're not even closest to the potential of what this team could do if they were to start to fire on those kind of cylinders. But it begs the question as to what is the identity of this team? Like you're kind of alluding to the identity last year was just to shove it up, you know, right down people's throats and, and run up the score and kind of dance on the graves in the, the entire second half and watch uh, Bobby Three Sticks come out for a couple drives in the fourth quarter. Um, they're not quite doing that this year and that might be okay. You know, we can lean on that defense a little more than we did last year. And it was, a, it was the, the conditions weren't too great out there today. So there, that's also a contributing factor. Um, but still kind of weird that they're they're. It seems like they're trying to shove a square peg into a round hole with some of the things that they're doing. And I hope that they start to figure it out soon because Pittsburgh's waiting on the other side of that bye week. And they, I mean, they, they look like they're holding up their end of the bargain over there. So they're going to be hungry. And, you know, they had a tough year last year and, you know, big Ben revenge tour. I don't know what the revenge tour is supposed to be on, but you know, they own elbow ligaments. Sure. Right. Yeah. But they, we have to be ready for them. And I hope that, that we take care of business against a kind of a listless uh, Eagles team and, and get right in the bye and get healthy and, and kind of get back to what we, we do best. Yeah, yeah. Just, just go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, just looking forward to that Ravens uh, Steelers game. The the obviously the new what, what did uh what did Hanson call him Taylor? The new generational superstar. Oh yeah, he uh, referred to Chase Claypool as a new super receiving superstar in the NFL after. Yeah, five so he was so, great today, but that is a little hyperbole. Claypool and, and he's awesome. <laughs> Claypool and Juju going up against Marcus Peters and um um. Marlin is going to be – that's going to be a hell of a battle. It's going to be a treat. That's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. I watch. mean, both both sides – and we'll get to this in a couple of weeks, but both sides is great. I mean, Lamar going up against the talent that they have defensively with TJ Watt and Edmonds and Bud Dupree and all those different guys. I mean, this that Eagles team is definitely a live dog. I mean, they, they did not lay down today, um, and they didn't obviously lay down against San Francisco when they went in there and beat – albeit Nick Moulds and C.J. Beathard. They didn't beat Garoppolo. Um, but Wentz continues to make – tough decisions from from time to time so the Ravens should be able to feast on him a little bit but the Eagles definitely will not go down without a fight they just do not have a lot of guys offensively that scare you but yeah that Pittsburgh game is going to be very very fun and now with the Chiefs losing today um, that is a gigantic game in the AFC um, home field advantage race as well Um, because now if you're now if you're Pittsburgh you look at it and go okay if we can beat the Ravens twice and kind of do what we have to do we may be able to play the AFC championship game at Heinz Field now with with Oakland taking down, um, taking down the chiefs. So 
um, pretty big implications um, in the AFC today. And they, and the bills and Titans may never play again. So it may just be down to these three teams at this point. Um, they, they, they would, they, they may have to sp- suspend the season. The Titans they would taking the, bills the down. season. They'd both yeah. end the season with the highest winning percentage in NFL history. Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. But yeah, your Titans, maybe the Titans will just cease to exist as a franchise. We're not really sure what's going on. I was listening to the radio last night, sports talk, and someone was saying there were, there were a couple interesting punishments. Um, they were saying that they should be banned from the playoffs, which, okay, I could see that. And then someone else to just make them forfeit the rest of their games. Yeah. And they're like, well, you can't do that. You just, you can't. So that's a talk for another day though. Yeah. Be tough. Be tough for Ryan Tannehill. Another notable Ravens thing today. Uh, happy birthday, T-Sizzle. Sure. Happy birthday, T-Sizzle. On a day where Sam Cook tied him for the most career games played as a Raven. So good for Sam Cook, who will break that record next week and be the, uh, the man who has put the uniform on more than anybody else and stepped onto the field. So, and continues to get it done. As the Ravens, there's the, the article, I believe, on the front page of the Baltimore Sun Sports section day was about the Ravens special teams, you know, which continues to be great. I was stunned when Tucker missed the 61-yard field goal. I mean, what's he doing? <laughs> It felt like he was going to bang it. <laughs> I had the tweet all queued up and everything. You know, I guess you have to miss every once in a while. It might as well be a 61-yarder right before half. He had the distance, too. I mean, distance yeah. was there. Distance he cranked was there. it. Yeah. But it does speak to, do, do the Ravens look at themselves and look at the 37 passes Lamar Jackson threw today and say, is the formula a little bit more old-school Ravens? Is it defense, great special teams, and ball control and they kind of get back to that as opposed to trying to make Lamar into at least right now with how he looks um 19 for 37 182 TDs one the pick was horrible oh, um, it's really bad really and he bad. got lucky on a couple others too so yeah he had do more, they, do they try the, to change that up he had more what the fuck throws today than I think I've ever seen him have in his career combined they're just yeah. throws that were just like what were you thinking or what were you looking at that's that's what was concerning to me. And the other thing was uh, maybe the first or second drive of the game, they were moving the ball, but there was a moment where I think his headset maybe wasn't working and he just didn't look like he was there. Like he wasn't engaged like mentally. And that, like I alluded to, may have something to do with things in his personal life that aren't so great right now, but he didn't seem to be jovial and energetic and kind of, you know, eager to, to, to do the things he usually does. He just didn't look like he was having fun, which you hate to see. Like he, he's just such a bubbly and fun football player to watch. And all the things he does are amazing too, but that's part of the package. And he didn't seem to have that with him today. And that's unfortunate, but you know, hopefully it's, it's not something that's here to stay. Well, maybe he, he didn't seem that way because he was getting word from the, the TV booth that Greg Gumbel kept calling him Murray for some reason. For that, the first, is, that, that is such a bad 30 minutes thing. of the game. And the, the um, interception he threw, Gumbel was like, and it's complete. Th- that yeah, was, yeah. That, I think that uh, was worse than any of the Murray yeah. calls. Yeah, I'm watching that, like, what is go- I was like, what is he talking about? Was he like watching backwards in a mirror or something? Like what, how could you even... That was bizarre. He was bizarre all day, but I did like that he was joking around at the end of the game. He was. But the second Frank half, Gumbel, someone oof. someone pulled him aside like, yo, you know that's not Kyler Murray down there, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that was very bizarre. Greg Gumbel's been around for a long time. Um, 74 years old. 
Yeah. He calls CVS games, so Kyler Murray really shouldn't be all that much on his radar. No. Unless, unless my only thought was maybe he had a big bet on the Cardinals and just had his phone up, you know. <laughs> maybe it's sitting know. right there on the windowsill, and he and he's just watching Murray against uh against Flacco and the Jets. The funny part is, if you're a Ravens fan, you always have great memories of Greg Gumble because he called the first Ravens Super Bowl. So, you know, true. That's that's on Greg Gumble's resume. That's on Greg Gumbel's resume, but yeah, that was that was very very. He's weird. had a we, career, I love talking is, announcers on this show. That's probably the worst announcer performance for a Ravens game. As that was ongoing, I was kind of surprised that I don't remember you mentioning who was on the call. I didn't know who I was walking. Oh, through. true. Yeah, I did not mention. Bring that it up. Show. You've been on that. top of your Andrew uh, Catalan and yeah, uh, Iron Eagle. I think we've had, and obviously we've had the Monday Night Crew, but had Kevin Harlan. You know, that's a mark on your record, Taylor. Yeah, that's yeah, very that's true. Man. That's very true. We haven't gotten to Fox yet here for the Ravens. I don't know if they're on Fox next week. Well, I was going to say it next week be. would be the week. They may be next week. Let's Were they on last week? The How about games we? Or the home games for the, the – No, they're on, they're on CBS again. They're on CBS. Uh, no, they were not last week, were they? With the, Red, with the, the Washington team? Yeah, that was Cat- – Catalan's a Fox guy, isn't he? No, Catalan's a CBS guy. You would know better than me. Catalan is a CBS. He's like the fifth guy on CBS. We are very into the inside baseball of, of <laughs> yeah. NFL announcing teams. But I'm pretty sure they were not on Fox because it wasn't any of the – I don't remember it being any of the Fox guys. Kenny Albert, Burkhart, uh, Brendan Gowden, Kevin Kugler. A lot of BTN Fox crossover there too. Sure. For your, also, bye-bye. Maryland football fans, October 24th. Bye-bye, Dan Quinn. Oh, they fired him. Yeah, that's what it looks oh, like. Oh, wow. Breaking news. Yeah, that's yeah, a you're, hearing, you're hearing it here first. Two minutes in the locker room. Tweeted. Jeez, wow. what took you so long? Man, wow. we'll fall off for that. Uh, Dan Quinn, uh, sorry to all of our fans that uh, – Salisbury. To Salisbury. Uh, Salisbury. At that point, Salisbury State alum. Mm-hmm. Now it's just Salisbury, obviously. But Great dining hall. Favorite son. I've actually Great never been there. I have never been to Salisbury. I've been to Salisbury, the town. I've never been to the university or the college. You're not missing much. Mm. Wow, shots fired. Jeez. I mean, I'd it. fired. Hey, if you're if you went to Salisbury and you listened to this podcast, you need to attack Eric on Twitter. There's or a actually, cookout there. I know that much. Or send That's us some good uh, or send us some good emails in support of uh, Salisbury. Fun fact, um, the day I visited Salisbury when I was in high school was the Darius Bay versus the University of Miami game. So that is I, that was of that game. I was at that game. Listening on TV. I was watching on ABC. What do you have, like two catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns or yeah, whatever? like one, like 89-yard or 91 Sam Hollenbach? Sam Hollenbach. Sam Hollenbach mm-hmm. is correct. Sam Hollenbach is correct. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to the Terps. DJ Moore with a touchdown today to help yes, seal the, uh, Quinn's fate, just to bring it all full circle. Yeah, I'm going to bring it home. <laughs> just to bring it home right there. So that's it for the instant analysis. The Ravens win 27 to three. They're all upset. I'm sure they didn't get a shutout, but an incredible performance by the defense. Make sure to go back and check out um, our episode this week, especially the interview with Jeremy Khan, who was fantastic with us, told us some great stories um, and about his getting into the business and a bunch of great stuff about Mo. Um, it was great that he came on the show and, uh, and joined us. So that interview still holds up, even though we're past all sort of the Ravens preview talk. Um, and then we have some good rants at the end of the show that you should check out too. We'll be back the Thursday show previewing Ravens Eagles and I-95 showdown Scott Hansen loves talking about I-95 <laughs> during red zone well he's gonna be he had that today too he, he had, had that, that today, today. And, and misrepresented Pittsburgh is on I-95 and yeah. had to switch it around he corrected himself yeah. yeah he was a tough scene but uh 
he will be uh, he will be saying that. I would say the over under is two and a half for I'm ninety five mentions um, for that game. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens with that. Hammer the over. Hammer the hammer the over. Hammer the <laughs> over. I'm not I'm much of a betting guy. I'm, I shouldn't be setting the lines. Um, and we'll be back <laughs> with that show. We'll preview all that um, and talk about a bunch more stuff. So thanks for listening. Once again, Ravens beat the Bengals twenty seven to three. Listen, uh, follow us on all of our social media channels at X52 Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter. Barstool Banks, E D I T T I 22 on mm-hmm. Twitter. Taylor Smite 10 for me. We'll see you later. Have a great week. <laughs>